Hello and welcome to Taxed and Wasted by the Australian Taxpayers Alliance. I'm Emilio Garcia. Uh, interesting week in the news uh, this week. Uh, really, I mean, the it's been a couple of things that we just really couldn't believe. They were just so, so ridiculous. And I had this plan for a little bit later on in the episode, but it's good enough that I think it's it's worth leading with. So David Leinhelm put up a tweet with a screenshot of a, uh, a story that he saw some person put up on Facebook. Uh, and it went something like this. This person who was posting on, on Facebook was a farmer, a sheep farmer from Victoria, and many of his sheep were in New South Wales. Now, currently, there's obviously a restriction on, on border crossings, meaning that you can't really cross from Victoria into New South Wales without proper authorization. So the sheep farmer gets in touch with Service New South Wales, says, hey, how do I, uh, how do I deal with this? I need to get my sheep back into Victoria. Uh, what am I going to do? <laughs> and so our esteemed bureaucrats, the, the highly paid uh, workforce within our government, they suggested to the sheep farmer that he just fly his sheep in <laughs> from New South Wales into Victoria. That was the solution. So no, you can't get some kind of permit to make sure that, you know, if you get it to get some kind of COVID test and you stay reasonably uh, distant from other people, you can pick up your sheep and bring them back. No, 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 no. What we're going to do is we're going to ask you to go on Qantas, get your sheep some tickets, you know, maybe get them priority boarding, something of the sort, uh, fly them in, uh, arrange for some pickup from the airport and then bring them back to uh, to where you are in Victoria. Obviously, this is a silly uh, story and it's kind of funny, but it's also not. It's also not funny because what this just goes to show is that there are people in our government who uh, really have the ability to make uh, life very easy for business to help uh, business people out, to help uh, people who are making money in this country get ahead. And it turns out that they're incompetent in their ability to do so, to the degree that an elementary mistake like this would be made, where a person who works for our government would say to a sheep farmer that the best way for him to get his sheep into his state is to fly them in via plane. Unbelievable. But alas, I mean, we, I don't think we were expecting much else from our bureaucrats. Um, I want to get on this topic because there's this topic that's growing in popularity and it's not good. It's not a good, uh, I, I don't know, push, I, I guess would be what you would call it. So the gig economy has been growing over the past few years, uh, which is in a lot of ways, a very good thing. So the gig economy is basically Uber, Airtasker, DoorDash, uh, basically things where people who are working as independent contractors are doing jobs for people who want their service uh, through an intermediary service uh, system, rather, like Uber, like Airtasker, like DoorDash. So obviously when you order an Uber and a person comes and picks you up in their car, that person is not an employee of Uber. They are an independent contractor that was put in contact with a person who wants a ride in their car by Uber and Uber takes a percentage of that uh, amount of uh, the amount that we pay to that person uh, for making that uh, for for coordinating that transaction, right? Which has hey, that has really done 
very good things for a lot of people. Uh, on the one side, you have uh, workers who want to compensate their income, people who are maybe new to a city who want to start making money just like that and uh, haven't had a chance to find an official job. Uh, there's a million reasons why a lot of people want to want to start to do um, casual work with Uber, with DoorDash, etc. Uh, and on the other side, you have consumers who have been benefiting from the gig economy because instead of having to reach out to a person to get a service and that person is an employee, meaning we have to pay for all the things that go along with being an employee, payroll tax, superannuation, all these things, uh, we're getting easier access to good quality services uh, without all that um, pricing on top, which means we get a better price on it. So it's been really good. But now, because of certain practices that a lot of people see as unfair, such as, you know, reducing the amount of money that these uh, gig economy workers are getting from the corporation they work with, uh, a lot of people want to make Uber, Lyft, DoorDash, etc. They want to make these contractors into employees. And that's a very, very bad idea. This is a move that was initially just growing in popularity in the United States, but it's made its way here to Australia. Now a lot of people are talking here in Australia about making Uber drivers, uh, DoorDash deliver, delivery people, it's, um, Airtask uh, workers into employees. And it's a really bad idea for several reasons. One is it takes the easy ease of access away from uh, the workers to get into uh, basically a, a scheme where they're making money right off the bat. Um, and that's not a good thing because it's a very beneficial thing to have a scheme in your country where you can start making money just like that if you have a, a, uh, a skill that people want from you. And it's also a very good thing for the consumers to get access to good quality uh, services without, um, without having to opt to a company, which is more expensive. Uh, rather, I'm sorry, to get the service from an employee, which is more expensive. Uh, but I want to take you now just to something that's happened in California. Now, I know this is an Australian podcast, but it really emphasizes the point. In California, my home state, they decided, a judge ruled, that Lyft and Uber, so Lyft is just like Uber, were breaking the law by not making their drivers into employees. And this is what happened. Travel, Lyft confirming in a blog post that it will be suspending its rideshare operations in California as of 11.59 Pacific time tonight, so just before midnight. And that is, of course, when that California ruling that we've been talking about for the last two weeks goes into effect and forces both Uber and Lyft to either classify its drivers as employees or risk further legal action. Both companies have been saying for about a week now that they would likely shut off their operations. Lyft now confirming that it is preparing to do so. In the block so as you can see, Uber and Lyft, who are, who are appealing to a 39 million person market, in California were willing to completely end their operation there if the government forced them to treat their drivers as employees. That's, you know, California has 150% of, of the population of Australia, okay? They have way more people. They have 39 million people. Australia has uh, 25 million people. So it, clearly they, they have, I mean, if, if these businesses are willing to pull out of a market that's bigger than ours, we have no business trying to regulate these businesses that have granted us so much benefit out of existence. It's not, it's not a good thing. It will not be a good thing for anyone. It's not good for the workers, believe it or not. They try to say that it's good for the drivers. It's not good for the drivers. It's not good for the consumer. It's just not good. Don't even play around with that concept. We cannot lose Uber. I like taking Ubers. I don't know about you. Um, 
So speaking about government making <laughs> things just worse for, for the people that they're supposed to uh, make better, the Bayside Council has decided that they're going to restrict one of the most Australian activities that you could imagine. This is like going to the United States and saying, hey, no more 4th of July, no more apple pie. Uh, what they did is they said, hey, count, uh, you know, to everyone living here in our council, you no longer can have barbecues. No more Barbies, Aussies. <laughs> now, why would they do this? Okay, you think maybe there's a, a really important, you know, uh, kind of extenuating situation that would, would force this council to make such a crazy decision. Well, it turns out two people, two people complained that they didn't like the smells that the barbecues make. And so the council just said, oh, okay, well, that's fair. So we're just going to make sure that this long-standing Australian tradition cannot be observed by the people who live in this area. No more barbecues for anyone. Unbelievable. I mean, it, it's, it's just, it just goes to show, I mean, the, 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 the reactions from people in government that would be so trigger-happy to just restrict, restrict people living in, in their area from doing something that they enjoy that isn't hurting anybody simply because two people complained just goes to show a lot of what's wrong with government. Um, now, will those people who passed this ban be in their position much longer? I don't know. But let me just say, I don't know if the best way to assure that your voters will stay with you is to ban one of their favorite cultural um, activities. I would say maybe they have uh, something else coming to them. But, you know, we'll see. That, that just a bit of advice to, to the council people here. If you want to have the people that you advocate for like you, maybe don't go after their traditions. Just, just saying, I don't know, you know, <laughs> you, you do whatever you think is best. Um, here's another story. Uh, the, the ATO is saying that they're, they're, they failed to penalize uh, large, large numbers of people who are accessing their super in ways that they have not deemed to be appropriate. But, I mean, the push for them to go after people who are accessing their super, quote-unquote, inappropriately, is still afoot. And, you know, it's a real shame because it's like every single week we see uh, stories about the ATO continuing to say they will go after people who are accessing their superannuation in a way that they did not authorize. And it's really an unconscionable thing to do. I mean, the fact of the matter is, and we can never forget the point, that superannuation is our money. When you access your superannuation, you're accessing your own savings. And of course, it makes sense that you would access your savings in a time of economic uncertainty. Excuse me. Uh, of economic uncertainty. I mean, when there has been an unprecedented economic shutdown in your country that has forced many employees to, to be out of a job, that has forced many employers to close their doors, uh, that you would go to your savings and get money out to help you weather the storm. And so for the ATO to be going after people who are accessing their super, saying this wasn't the appropriate way to do it, like just don't. There's better things for you to do with your time than go after people who need their own money. So I mean, for example, in Tasmania, 10,000 people drained their superannuation funds. Do you think they did it because they're greedy? Do you think they did it because they, they want to stick it to the man? No, they did it because they want access to their own money because they're in dire economic times. 
So I really hope that this is something that just stops. It's, um, it's an activity that's being undergone by our own government against its people for accessing their own savings during an economic crisis, which is really unconscionable and horrible. So we can just hope that the ATO will just, I mean, the ATO has uh, never been something that uh, we here at the ATA are fans of, but really right now they're just showing the most immoral side of themselves. So hopefully they'll stop. Um, I want to close off the, the podcast with an op-ed that I really enjoyed by Vicky Campion. I, th I think that's how you pr pronounce it, C-A-M-P-I-O-N, which by the way, in Spanish, a campion or a campion is uh, actually champion. Which, by the way, Vicky, Champ Vicky Champion, this was a fantastic op-ed. So this was published in the Daily Telegraph, and the title of it is Struggling Workers Being, Fle Being Fleeced by Complex IR Award System. And what she says in this article broadly is that workers who are struggling to get back into the workforce, are struggling to start to make money again, have an income again, are really being uh, hurt by the complex industrial relations uh, laws that we have in our country. And, and it's true. I mean, the fact of the matter is that it's very complicated to get hiring right in Australia. There's a lot of things that make it really complicated to get a new employee into your business. Uh, if you accidentally underestimate or overestimate how much uh, of their salary you have to put into their superannuation or how much you have to pay in uh, payroll tax or uh, if you've categorized that employee the wrong way, it can have really dire ramifications on your business. You can get fined in really severe ways. It, it can be actually a really, really bad thing. And so a lot of small and medium businesses who maybe don't have a human resources department or something like that uh, can be very, very uh, hurt in their pursuit of new employees because it's very hard, very expensive, very time-consuming to get uh, a hiring done right. And so what does Vicky say that I thought was, was just so true? The only people who are really benefiting from these incredibly complicated regulations are huge businesses. So huge businesses with large human resources departments, with, to with uh, compliance departments, so people who, are who their only job is to make sure that the business is, is, is living up to certain regulations, they're obviously the ones benefiting from the situation because they have an edge when it comes to employment. Whereas the rest of small and medium-sized businesses, they suffer. They suffer because they might have a need for new employees. They might want new employees. But, you know, there, there's a big barrier in their way, which is if we hire them the wrong way, we might be opening ourselves up to lawsuits, uh, to penalties, to a lot of things. And so I think it's, it's really a time to simplify these laws, to simplify these regulations, and to undergo some uh, hefty IR reform. And with that uh, in mind, I'm going to say goodbye. Thank you for joining us on this week's episode of Tax and Wasted by the Australian Taxpayers Alliance. If you haven't already, please subscribe. You can subscribe on Facebook or on YouTube to get the video version of the podcast. But you can also subscribe on any of your favorite podcasting apps, such as Stitcher or iTunes, to get the audio version. And if you're not already a member, please go to taxpayers.org.au and become a member. You get lots of cool benefits. This has been uh, Tax and Wasted by the Australian Taxpayers Alliance. We'll see you next time.